talking about having a fresh start with God. A fresh start with God. Go to Psalm 30. You know, it's interesting that the whole basis of our faith as Christians is based on the premise of having a fresh start. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. The very, very basic foundation premise of our faith is the fact that we can all have a fresh start with him. But the beauty of it is this, is that that moment of you being born again and becoming a new creature in Christ is not your only fresh start. Aren't you glad about that? Because uh, uh, some of you, as you got started and got to run in the race, you notice something. You notice that you weren't feeling as fresh as you used to. <laughs> you, you, you notice that uh, 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 sometimes the, the excitement that you used to have waned and you're not as excited about the Lord as you first were. Many times uh, the, the Bible describes it Beautifully, I can't think of a better description. Uh, Jesus talked to the uh, church there in the Revelation, the second or third chapter, about having lost their first love. So even after you have that fresh start as a believer and you become born again and a new creature in Christ, there are also other fresh starts that we need along the way. That's very simply what we're going to talk about today, having a fresh start with God. Psalm 30, are you there? <laughs> Glory to God. Psalm 30, look at verse 5. It says, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. <laughs> you know, I, I love those verses that just kind of preach all by themselves. Now, uh, I remember one time I was ministering uh, years back on the subject of joy. And I went to this verse and I said to the congregation, I said, if I can prove to you that it's morning, then I can prove to you that joy has come. And so the, all the congregation agreed. And I said, well, I'm going to prove to you that it's morning because now that Jesus has come and Jesus is identified as the bright and morning star. So if Jesus has come and he's the bright morning star and morning has come, guess what? Joy is here. Joy is here. The wonderful thing about our God 
is that you can leave behind hurts and pains and have a fresh start with joy that is just so joyful and tickles you so that you forget your pain. Woo, hallelujah. You know, I, I, I just remember being in the hospital. I wasn't in the hospital. I was just there to witness the birth of my daughter nearly two and a half years ago. And I remember the moment when I looked at her and I laughed and I said, God has caused me to forget all my trouble. Anybody ever had a moment like that? Anybody need a moment like that? Well, guess what? It's morning. <laughs> so good morning now has more than one uh, uh, flavor to it. You can say good morning, good morning. Or you can say good morning, knowing that when you say good morning, it's because it's morning and joy has come. Hallelujah. You know, the, the beautiful thing, as we look at fresh starts with God, number one is this, is that every day is a fresh start. Every day is a fresh start. Joy comes in the morning. You know, here's a few things to write down. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, says that though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, uh, interesting thought that I had yesterday thinking about a fresh start is that uh, certain words hit me uh, that, that just very simply have that little word, I mean that little uh, prefix re, R-E. Refresh, renew, restore, revive. Why those words? Because that little prefix re means again. So to renew means to make new again. To revive, to make alive again. To refresh means to make fresh again. Glory to God. How many of you could use some of that? It's not describing a place that you've not been it's describing a place where you have been, but you need to go back there again. How many of you personally need that? How many of you, your family relationships need that? How many of you, your marriage needs that? It's good to have a refresh kind of thing going on in your marriage. That means again fresh or fresh again. And some of y'all have been so stale, you ain't been fresh with each other in a long time. <laughs> time to refresh. Hallelujah. But, but you know, that, that's the gospel. Refresh, restore, renew. That's what God's about. It's about getting us again into places where we were before. But time... And the travel of the road that you're on 
has, has taken something out of you. Our founding pastor, Pastor Sam Smith, said this over and over again. He said, I got filled with the Holy Ghost, but I discovered something. He said, I leak. And because I leak, I need to go and get refilled. And so it is for us today. Amen. Here's another thing to write down. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23. One of the most beautiful, amazing things in the whole Bible. It says, it is through the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Isn't that a fact? If not for his mercy, we would be greasy spots on the floor. Through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Every day is a fresh start when you're with him. They are new every morning. His compassions and his mercies are new every morning. Well, let's see. I might as well have you look at a few of these. Go to Psalm 68. I'd love to have you look at them all, but sometimes there's just so many goodies that I'd have you turn in all morning. So we'll just pick and choose. Go to Psalm 68, and we're going to look at several Psalms here. Oh, I tell you, don't you love the word? Every day's a fresh start with God. Psalm 68, look at verse 19. It says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. The God of our salvation, Selah. God daily loads us with benefits. So my question to you is, have you gotten your load today? ha, <laughs> ha. All right, go to Psalm 72. Just a few pages over, Psalm 72. Every day is a fresh start. I, I just uh, got inspired to start looking at scriptures that had that key word daily in there. And uh, more than we could really have time to, to camp out on all of them in the way we'd like to, but, but we'll hit the highlights here. Uh, Psalm 72, verse 15. It says, and he shall live and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. Prayer also will be made for him continually and daily he shall be praised. How many of us have a, a regular routine, a regular habit of daily praising him? Well, if not, what a good time to start a new habit. Come on now. I mean, if God's going to have a habit of loading us with benefits, at least have the daily routine of saying thank you for the benefits that you got loaded with. It sounds like the polite, courteous thing to do, doesn't it? Psalm 88, go there. Psalm 88, hallelujah. We just saw in Psalm 72, the idea of daily praising him. Psalm 88, we see the, the idea of daily prayer. And Psalm 88 verse 9 says, my eye wastes away because of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon you. I have stretched out my hands to you. Well, can you say that? 
that I've called out daily to you. Well, if not, good time to start a new habit. You know, I love what the scripture says over in Acts 17, 11 about the Bereans. It said that they were more noble than uh, the, the people from Thessalonica. And the reason why is because they search the scriptures daily to see if what they were being taught was true or not. What another good habit for our daily habits? Searching the scriptures daily. And here's something to shout about. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now that's just as much part of the daily as he daily loads us with benefits. So, you know, you got to take the stuff that tickles you and the stuff that don't quite tickle you so much is in the word. Hallelujah. And right along with what uh, Jesus stated, Paul had his own way of making the same statement over in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. He ends that verse by saying, I die daily. Oh, joy. But, but what's dying? Flesh. What's dying? What, what's dying, what needs to be dying, is the part of us that if allowed just to keep on living and doing what it wants to do, it's going to cause us a whole lot of pain and heartache. As a matter of fact, if we just let our flesh run wild, Dear Lord, that's going to take us down a, a real bad road. Talk about needing fresh starts. You're going to need a whole lot of fresh starts and you let that thing run wild. So the beautiful thing is that by daily maintenance, God's getting a message across to us here. That rather than just run and run and run and then crash and burn and then, okay, now I need a fresh start. By getting some of God's daily fresh starts, it keeps you fresh so that when you're, you're fresh start, you're going from, from glory to glory, faith to faith, from, from one fresh day to another fresh day, right, rather than having to go and burn out and crash and then have a fresh start. That is not God's best for you in any way. God's best for you is maintenance. Maintenance. One day and then the next day because you're continually plugged into him in prayer. You're continually plugged into him with praise. You're continually being plugged into by him with the word. So therefore, by having certain daily habits that are just kicking right along, it puts you in a place where you are continually being refreshed and restored and renewed and revived and every day is a fresh start with God. Hallelujah. Now let me tell you something else about fresh starts. A fresh start means that some things need to get shaken up. Sometimes fresh starts mean shaking things up a little bit. 
Someone say a whole lot of shaking going on. Oh, Lord. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I think about this. That uh, when uh, Peter and John came back to their group over in Acts chapter 4, the scripture says that when they came back and they prayed that they were all filled with the Spirit. So what was happening? Well, these guys were already filled with the Spirit. Well, what was going on? They were getting a, a refresher. They had already been filled with the Spirit over in Acts chapter 2. And here in Acts chapter 4, it's talking about them getting together and being filled with the Spirit again. Why? They needed to be refreshed. But the thing that goes along with it, and uh, let me give you the reference. I believe it's verse 31. Yeah, it's Acts 4, 31, just for for your own note-taking. But the interesting thing is that as they were being refreshed, it says that the place where they were was shaken. So I got a few questions for you today. Before you talk about how much you're ready for a fresh start, ask yourself the question, am I ready for a good shaking? Because very often the two come together. The Lord said that he'd shake heaven and earth and that what would remain is that which cannot be shaken. So that tells me that when shaking goes on and what remains is the stuff that cannot be shaken, that also tells me there's some stuff that won't remain. Now, here's the thing. I know God. And I know that God's idea of what needs to be remained and our idea of what needs to remain is often very different. We think something needs to stay and be held on to and God's saying, man, if you ever let that thing go, then I can finally do what I want to do. <laughs> so it's a, it's a matter of trusting him, cooperating with him, and letting him shake things up. Because oftentimes, you can't have one without the other. You can't have a fresh start without a few things being shaken up. I was trying to uh, locate yesterday a, a quote by Dr. A.R. Bernard, who pastors what I believe right now is the largest church in New York City. And um, I could not find the quote, but I believe I was able to, able to capture the essence of it. So I wrote that down. Change is coming, either voluntarily through confrontation or involuntarily through crisis. And I thought about that. It's always better when you do things voluntarily rather than involuntarily. When you do something voluntarily, when you confront something in your life that needs some confronting, that is a whole lot better 
than just allowing that thing to just mosey on along and hold on to it and hold on to it and not address it, not do anything about it. And then crisis hits life. And then now you're in a position where you sure better do something about it because you don't have any choice in the matter. It sure is better to do things about it when, when you do have a choice in the matter, when you can do it voluntarily rather than when your back's against the wall. It's a whole lot less painful. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I had this funny thought. You know, uh, the, the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. I prefer the 40-day program. <laughs> much, much better over the 40-year program. But, but the, why were they out there for 40 years? Was that because God wanted them out there for 40 years? No, because if they listened to God, they sure would have got out that place a whole lot sooner. So what wilderness plan are you on? It's up to you. God will lead you through. God will bring you through. But I'll tell you, if you keep on not listening to him, not believing him, and keep on going in circles, you can't blame him for that. That's your own doing. But what a need there is for us to confront things voluntarily rather than having to, to be forced to change things involuntarily through crisis. You know, if there's going to be shaking going on, I'd rather do some voluntary shaking. I'd rather shake like Isaiah 66, 1 and 2 describes the person who trembles at his word. If there's going to be some shaking, I'm going to voluntarily do some shaking and trembling because I fear God and I have a reverence for his word. You know, I just uh, also thought of uh, Philippians 2. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So how about some voluntary trembling, some voluntary shaking? Because I'll tell you, to have a fresh start, I'll never forget the day. I, I remember where I was, driving down 195, heading towards Seekonk from uh, the Fall River area. And I said, Lord, whatever you got to do to shake things up, shake it up. <laughs> he did. <laughs> all, all, all he needed was an invite. And I'm so glad. Let me tell you, my life, my own personal character, my own development as a man is so much greater and further down the road because one day I prayed, Lord, shake things up. The result of the shaking is not a, a sad ending. It's a very happy ending. But in order to have that fresh start, God wants you to have the fresh start that you need to have. But without some of the junk 
that you've allowed yourself to accumulate over the last trip around. You want a fresh start? Yeah, you'll have a fresh start, but we're doing this without the baggage. Hey, God knows how to clean out your closet. I'm so glad. Because you know what? Does it hurt? Oh, it hurts this much compared to joy to infinity. What kind of comparison is that? What's a little bit of flesh to give up and get crucified in comparison to the joy of knowing that you're right with God? The joy of knowing that you and God are on the same page, not because he adjusted to you, because he's right. He don't need to do the adjusting. We need to adjust to him. Hallelujah. Let me tell you some more things about fresh starts with God. Fresh starts happen in the presence of God. Go to Acts 3 real quick. Glory to God. You know, I remember Isaiah 40, 31. It says that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary and walk and not faint. They're renewing their strength. They're becoming new again. They're getting a fresh start. But the interesting thing is that the way that is accomplished is by waiting on the Lord. Now, one thing I heard, and this is not a Hebrew and Greek thing, so I, I, I'm not putting this out there as a Hebrew definition for the word wait, but it's just a little interesting insight, is that when we hear waiting on the Lord, you know, so, somehow we just think that, you know, all right, Lord, whenever you're good and ready. <laughs> Anytime you're ready, Lord, I'm waiting. That kind of waiting. But you know, the, the word wait also has other meaning besides that. Because when you go to a restaurant, a restaurant, uh, we're talking porky pig language today. <laughs> restaurant. And then when, when you go there, you're being taken care of by a waiter or a waitress. And they are waiting on you. What are they doing? They're serving you. They're saying, what can I do for you? How can I help you today? And imagine if waiting on the Lord was a lot less of this, us tapping our foot and looking at the clock and saying, all right, <laughs> anytime you're ready, and us going and waiting on him in the sense that, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? What do you need? You need something done. I'll be the one to do it. You, you, you need somebody ministered to. I'll be the one. Think of the words of Isaiah. Here am I. Send me. What if that was a whole lot more of what waiting on the Lord was about? More than the idea that we're just in his presence waiting on him in the sense of time. 
I, th I think what we got here is a whole lot more accurate picture. Can I hear an amen? amen. Acts 3, fresh starts happening in the presence of God. Look at verse 19. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, I'll tell you, and I, I believe this more than ever, that in the, the time to come, we're going to experience more and more of this than we have in any time previous. Because, you know, as the devil turns up the heat in the world, and as the time of the end draws nigh, he turns up his heat, we're going to turn up our heat. And I'll tell you, when you're expending more spiritual energy, <laughs> you need more times of refreshing. And I'll tell you, it's just a beautiful thing to think about being in the presence of God and being refreshed by him. Nothing else in the world like it. You think you're, you know, a hot shower at the end of a long, hard day refreshes you. You think your meal at the end of a long, hard day refreshes you. You don't know refreshment until you know his kind. Psalm 92, verse 10, God said, I'll anoint you with fresh oil. Fresh oil. What a beautiful thing to know that as you're driving around in your spiritual automobile and you get to a point where you pass your 3,000 mile mark and you need an oil change, that there's a God in heaven who's willing and able to anoint you with fresh oil, give you the oil change you need so you can get out there and hit another 3,000 miles. And then when you do that, he's not out. He's got more. An endless supply of refreshment, an endless supply of brand new starts. Psalm 23 says it so well. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He's taking you somewhere. That's what the psalm says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. So he's taking you somewhere besides still waters. He leads you into green pastures. And he restores your soul. Fresh starts happen in the presence of God. Fresh starts also happen through the word. Through the word. Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, now, now the, the great thing here, and we understand this, that, that the, the, word, the Greek word here uh, uh, describing being transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, uh, the word metamorpho, from which we get the word metamorphosis, a fresh start for your mind. 
except this time your mind can be a butterfly instead of a caterpillar. Glory to God. <laughs> Think about the, the word having an effect on you to the point where it gives you a fresh start and a brand new beginning because now with a renewed mind, you don't even see life the same way. Amen. You don't deal with things the same way. I tell you, I remember when I got a hold of the word. I remember what it did for me. And I know you remember too. How, how many of you see a drastic difference between your way of thinking after the word and before the word? Lordy, Lordy, have mercy. I'll tell you, I, I remember, even as a believer, I was young, I, I mean, uh, pre-teens, I, I, I remember having a great desire for God but not being extremely well taught. And then right about age 13, for me, this is my story. When I got a hold of the word, when I really heard the word for the first time, and it started causing my view of things to change. And it's amazing, within a, just a few years, I was amazed because I thought about things in such a different way than previously. Why? What was the difference? The difference was the word. Because when your mind is renewed with the word of God, what's happening? Your mind's getting a fresh start. Yeah, you used to look at things this way. Well, you were incorrect. Now you can see it the right way. <laughs> you used to think about God this way, but you were incorrect. Now you can view God the right way. But the thing that did that was the word. The thing that did that to your mind, that caused your mind to be renewed, readjusted, reprogrammed, it was the word. And so now you can see things clearly, accurately, according to truth, not according to error or according to someone's way of thinking but according to the way it really is in the eyes of God. The word renews your mind. And therefore, the word is one of the ways that we can have a fresh start with God. Let's move on. You know, you can have fresh starts by being in the right company. It's amazing what the scripture has to say about people being refreshed due to the people that they were around. Let's see. I'll have you look at a few. Go to 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16, and then we'll look at 2 Corinthians 7. Have you look at a few of these. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 16. Fresh starts can happen when you're in the right company. Let's look at this, verse 17 and 18. 
Paul said, I'm glad about the coming of Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. For what was lacking on your part, they supplied. For they refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge such men. Have you ever been in the presence of somebody who affected you in such a way where you left their feeling different than when you showed up? Where you left their inspired, moved on by the Holy Ghost that was inside of them and that by the company you were around, you left that place of fellowship motivated, changed, different. My God. 2 Corinthians 7. That's the other one I had you turn to. 7 of uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter 7, verse 13. Therefore, we've been comforted in your comfort, and we rejoiced exceedingly more for the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. Titus went and visited this church. And Paul said that they were rejoicing because of the joy that Titus had. And how did Titus get that joy? Because he went around some believers that refreshed his spirit. It is important for you to be around the right company. And if you want to have fresh starts with God, get around some people that will refresh you. And I'm going to tell you this straight out. You got to let go of some old dead weight that ain't doing you any good and they're too hard-headed to let you do them any good. Put it in the hands of the Lord, but don't be carrying around dead weight anymore. Don't be hanging out with people that ain't doing nothing for you. They ain't even letting you do anything for them. I mean, you, you know, something would be going on and if they were letting you do something for them, that's a different story. But if they're not allowing you to minister to them, and they're certainly not doing anything spiritually constructive for you. What are you wasting your time for? God wants you to have relationships and be in company, be in the company of people that will refresh your spirit. Paul was also refreshed by. Onesiphorus, over in 2 Timothy, he said to Philemon, who he wrote an epistle to, that the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by him. And I love Acts chapter 4 when Peter and John were persecuted. And when they were 
released. It says they went back to their own company. And you remember before that we were reading where they uh, got filled with the Holy Ghost again? That was that same passage. That after Peter and John had been dealt with by the, the religious leaders, commanded not to preach anymore, they went back to their own company and what happened when they went there? They got refreshed because it was there in that setting that those same guys who got filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 2 got refilled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 4. They went back to their own company, company where they could be refreshed, company where they could take something from that that would affect their ability to continue running the race. Hallelujah. Be around the right company, y'all. Oh, this is so important. Because oftentimes, if it's not adding something to you, in some way it's taking something from you. Oh, God's into addition and multiplication. At any time God's into subtraction, it's always addition by subtraction because if he's trying to subtract something from you, it's getting something out of the way for more of his addition to come into play. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, as we close today, fresh starts are available to those who have fallen. Proverbs 24, 16 says that a righteous man may fall seven times and rise up again. Micah said in Micah 7, verse 8, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Psalm 37 23 and 24 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Now the interesting thing, according to these scriptures here, is that it's, it's not the bad guy who fell. Why? Because expect a bad guy to fall. That's his lifestyle. But it talks about when a righteous person falls. When a good man falls. But there's fresh starts available to those who have fallen. So we close, let me tell you about Peter. We're all familiar with his story in one way or the other. Peter was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. 
was one of the fieriest, fieriest, is that a word? One of the most fiery. How's that? <laughs> one of the most fiery ones of the bunch. The, the, the big mouth of the bunch. When Jesus said, I'm going to the cross and this is going to happen to me, he said, I don't think so. Not on my watch. And uh, one time Jesus had to say, get thee behind me, Satan. In the same chapter, we just told him that the Lord spoke through him. And so in one moment, he's submitting himself to the Lord and letting the Lord speak to him and affirming before all the disciples there that truly Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And then this very Christ and Messiah is talking about his mission and what the Lord sent him to do. And then Peter said, you ain't doing that. <laughs> Amazing, huh? But uh, at the, the last supper that they were sharing together before Jesus would suffer, Peter got up all eloquent, saying, I'll never deny you. I'll die for you. And Jesus said, Peter, 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 Peter. Tonight, before the rooster crows, you would have denied three times that you even know me. And so it happened just like Jesus said. And the worst thing of it is that on that third time, when the rooster uh, crowed the third time, Peter was an eye shot of Jesus. And Jesus lifted up his head and looked at him at that very moment. Oh, can you imagine? Knowing all those facts, knowing all the ways he so eloquently spoke. And now, just like that, his words tumble to the ground like a house of cards. And those eyes, those piercing eyes, are looking right over at him. It says he went out and wept bitterly. I'm sure that was very bitter. Well, you know, Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, was talking to the ladies. So don't, don't mess with women preachers. First people Jesus talked to and told him to go tell somebody after he rose from the dead were women. Hello. But, but he sent them out, told the, the, the ladies there at the tomb, go and tell my brethren and Peter. Singling out Peter. Why? Because Peter being in the shape that he was in, Jesus knew that he would need that little extra pick-me-up 
that little extra something that says, you're still with me. You're, you're, not, not, you're not knocked out. You're not counted out. You failed. But we, we're still on the same team. I still love you. As a matter of fact, out of all those other disciples, it was not anybody else who was the main spokesman approximately 40 or so days later on the day of Pentecost. No, it was Peter who preached that great sermon on the day of Pentecost was used so mightily of God because although he fell, it was demonstrated before the disciples, before anybody who would want to know that truly God is a God who gives fresh starts to the fallen. And Peter was example 101 to the early church that right on day one, one of the greatest sermons ever preached, even though it was one of the first sermons ever preached in this new covenant time, was preached by a man who had fallen and was given a fresh start. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. 